0: Welcome to Cornerstones Cares, a podcast production of Cornerstones of Care. I'm Carol Grimaldi, Manager of Community Engagement and Advocacy for Cornerstones of Care. Cornerstones of Care offers a variety of comprehensive and innovative treatments to help children and families overcome behavioral health challenges and heal from emotional trauma. Visit www.cornerstonesofcare.org for more information. Cornerstones of Care partners with the state of Missouri to do a great deal of work in foster care, including foster care case management, home finding for children the state has taken into custody, and offering programs to work with families to help prevent the abuse and neglect that leads to children being taken into the system, as well as working closely with children and families to help those children return home. Cornerstones of Care also works with the state by recruiting, training, licensing, and supporting foster homes in the 30-county Northwest Missouri region. Often, the best arrangement for children needing to be in foster care is that they live with other family members. We are going to talk with members of one such family today so they can tell us about their experience being the foster parents of their grandchildren. I want to welcome to Cornerstones Cares, Richard and Celise Dixon, as well as Rosalie Vaught, a Family Development Specialist in our Resource Development Department. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Rosalie, I'm going to start with you just to put what we are talking about into context. Can you briefly describe the work that you do?
1: Yes, I work with uh, foster parents to uh, help get them licensed as relative foster parents Okay, and so how did you get to know the Dixons? Uh, the family was assigned to me, and uh, we went through the licensing process together. Okay, well, we might talk
0: a little bit more about that. Okay, Richard and Celise, first tell us a little bit about yourselves. You live in Kansas City.
2: That's correct.
0: And uh, so what do you do for a living? Uh, do you have children? Uh, just tell. What's your story?
3: Well, um, this is Celise, and we do have three children, three adult children, uh, who are all adopted. And um, I work as a health home care coordinator uh, for Truman Medical Center, working with Medicaid patients with chronic illnesses. And, um, and currently we're caring for four of our five grandchildren, two of which are in foster care, our grandsons.
2: And I work for the Full Employment Council as a workforce development executive, and we have uh, taken on this uh, the challenge of fostering our two twin our twin grandsons.
0: And how did that come about? What what's the story behind that?
2: Well, for us, uh, being that we were already taking care of our two uh, granddaughters, uh, five and three years old. We were not, we didn't have any plans as to any other additions coming to our family, but uh, apparently there were some other plans in the works that we didn't know about. Um, Our daughter was not able to care for twins when they were born on February 24th of 2018, and it was determined by the courts that uh, we were the best option for care, and we wanted to be the best option for our grandsons, and so... They came to us. They were uh, premature uh, births. And uh, after being in the hospital for about a week and a half, about a month, I'm sorry, they came to our home. And we've been caring for them since that time. And uh, they just turned uh, five months old uh, last week. So it's, uh, that's been a transformational uh, situation that we've been in.
3: So why did you
2: decide to do this?
3: Well, I think we just couldn't see them going anywhere else. Um, They had a need, um, and we wanted to help our grandkids.
2: And I think in addition to that, Celise and I, we've been in a situation with, uh, from 30 plus years with our own children. Um, Actually, our third youngest child is actually Celise's cousin, and whose mom uh, was, uh, had MS and actually died from MS. And so we stepped up to the plate some 30, uh, 23 years ago with him, and we've, we've always been put in a position where to step up to the plate to take care of our, our loved ones. And so we saw this as an opportunity to step up to the plate and, um, and to, to take care of our loved ones here. How hard has it been?
3: It's been challenging. So to go from two to four um, is uh, children is a big jump, and two infants who are on the same schedule or different schedules. It, it's been all of that, um, and a lot of late nights and early mornings. Um, so it's it's been difficult, and it's funny. We, we look around at our friends who a lot of them are becoming empty nesters, and we're refilling our nest, so uh, it's definitely a sacrifice, and it's a decision. And, and I have to remind myself of that that I chose this. No, nobody made me. You know, take on um, our grandchildren. We decided to do that.
0: Did you have to think long and hard about it, or did it, it was it kind of like a no brainer to you, though?
2: It was a no brainer, and you know, I like to think of. I will often state that um, there are no beginning or end to our day. It is a continuous uh, effort of giving and because the newborns, you know, need to be fed every two hours. And so it's it's been a challenge in that way. But, um, you know, every day we get to wake up, we feel blessed because we get to hug and kiss our grandchildren.
0: Wow. So what kind of support do you get as foster parents?
3: We get, um, it's been great. Um, Cornerstones of Care has been, I guess, the liaison for Happy Bottoms, which we get a monthly allotment of diapers, which is always a big help. Uh, We we use those. We definitely go through those. Um, They've just made sure that we had appointments set up right as the boys came home from the hospital, uh, making sure we had a WIC appointment, which, of course, that's been great. We get WIC uh, for the formula. Um, we um, have just had um, the case manager has uh, checked on our family quite consistently, and um, we just know that we have someone to call if there's a problem with mm-hmm. Cornerstones of Care. Uh, through the licensing uh, with Rosalie, uh, we've just, just that support to talk and even just to know that there are other grandparents and relatives out there dealing with the same situation. And uh, one other piece of uh, support that we've had has been parents as teachers, and they are currently, I think, trying to develop their grandparents program for grandparents who are parenting their grandchildren. So we recent, we've we been uh, doing that for several months and that actually started before we had the boys. And as far as that decision to take on the boys, I think even uh, throughout during my daughter's pregnancy, I think we were counting the cost of what if, you know, it's a, it comes to be that she's not able to care for them when they're born, Mm -hmm. not knowing that they would be born at, uh, 29 weeks. Um, you know, so all of it was a challenge. Um, so from the NICU, uh, the time they were in NICU to the time they came home and so.
2: Right. And I I concur with what Celise said. I think the cornerstones of care have been a great support to us. Uh, We've also have our partner, um, support group with the West Side uh, Family Church that when we found out that day that we were going to be, the boys were going to come home, we immediately got on the phone with them and they provided beds and cribs and car seats and everything that we needed to help. And so we've had a lot of support uh, from all ends uh, with uh, what we're doing and family has stepped up to help out as well. And so that's been a great support. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a great uh, opportunity for us uh, just to get close to, to my sister who actually comes over and cares, helps out with the, with the boys every other week uh, or every, actually she's been over every, every, every Saturday and uh, one thing we realized was that it was therapy for her because over a year ago she lost her newborn grandson and oh so my. it's been a great opportunity for her to bond with the boys and she loves coming over to help out. So we've got a lot of support.
0: That's fantastic. Rosalie, you talked a little bit about the licensing process. Uh, it, talk, just, what are some of the steps people have to go through?
1: Um, it's, it's quite a process, um, but we have been able to shorten it down, uh, but you do need to go through all the background checks um, and then <clears throat> a worker will come to your house and does uh, the preliminary walkthrough to make sure that everything's up to par and um uh, then, um, we sit and, well, they have to attend a class, a caregiver's class, uh, which is usually held on Saturdays. Um, and then they have to meet with the worker at least three times, um, to just make sure. And then we write a report and then turn it in, uh, to the state and it gets approved. And then we go from there.
0: So it is your job to recruit foster parents and see that they are supported during the process of training and licensing. How important are people like Richard and Celeste to meeting our need to find qualified loving foster homes?
1: Oh, that's very important. Um, what we are finding is that as as more and more children are coming into foster care, if we can place them with relatives, especially their grandparents, then that helps give them some stability and reassurance because they're placed with people that they know and people that they love. And so everything else may be, be chaotic in their little world, but if if they can have a, a safe place at night to go to where they know that they're loved and cared for, it makes all the difference in the world.
0: Solis and Richard, What would you say to people who are asked if they can serve as foster parents of their grandchildren or other young relatives?
2: Well, I would say that, I think as Salise said earlier, we were counting the cost while our daughter was pregnant. And I think that our conversations were, what if this happens, what what will we do? And I think without question, we were 100% uh, ready and committed to care for them, and I think that the overriding thought that we've had is that we, we feel like we want to give them the best opportunity in life to be successful, and we felt like we could do that.
0: And, Rosalie, I'm going to ask you, what would have happened to these babies if
1: they couldn't do this? They would have ended up in, foster, in a foster home that specializes in working with babies, but still they would not have had that connection that uh, Richard and Solis can give them. And they would not have had the love and support and the extended family that these guys have in place.
2: Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that their sisters love their brothers. They they love helping with their brothers, and they love seeing them every day and kissing and hugging on them. And so it's been a great experience for them as and they, oftentimes, the, the youngest granddaughter always says, you know, we are family and this is family. And I, you know, it's just that, that bond and that identity for them is so important.
0: That's fantastic. I want to thank foster grandparents, Richard and Celise Dixon, as well as Rosalie Vaught, a family development specialist for Cornerstones of Care, for telling us their stories Cornerstones of Care is looking for safe, loving, temporary homes for many children in Northwest Missouri. If you are interested in knowing more about becoming a foster parent, visit our website, www.cornerstonesofcare.org, and click on I Want to Be a Foster Parent on our homepage, or call 855-778-5437. That's 855 serve srv kids. You've been listening to Cornerstone's Cares. I'm Carol Grimaldi.